What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we talk about fishing techniques we can't stand, kids having meltdowns on the boat, Rob calling BS on every reality TV show, and we wrap up the show with a challenge to all of our listeners. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Uh, today, we are coming to you for uh, Easter, not Easter morning, a midday Easter podcast. What's going on, guys? You guys having a good morning? We are. We are. No uh, no Easter egg hunting this year, just hanging out at home and uh, eating with the immediate family, so... Nice. It's a weird one. It's a definitely a different Easter. Um, my kids have had a blast this morning, as always. So the, uh, that's good for Easter. Um, you've probably been. Did, you did some Easter egg hunting in the form of horn hunting last week, right, Rob? I did. Yeah, I went with a, a good buddy, Jeremy, from uh, up there in Payson, and he used to be a wildland firefighter and would carry like a sixty-pound uh, pack plus a chainsaw. So he's a lot tougher than I am, and he absolutely wore me out, dude. It was uh, we had fun. We didn't find many antlers, but uh, it was quite interesting doing it. And just got up in the mountains where it's nice and cool, and we had a good time. So it was fun. But, Did you find any antlers, dude? Uh, he found one small shed. Um, we were looking in new country, um, just you know, an area he'd never looked in, and we're just kind of exploring that country. He's got a. Uh, an elk tag up in that area this next season this this next fall so uh, just a good opportunity to get out there and look at some country and the area we went into was so thick dude it was uh it was pretty tough hiking i think we we hiked close to 10 miles um i think we climbed almost 3,000 feet in elevation up and down and here and there and through bushes Dang, man. that's cool yeah yeah it was pretty gnarly so uh the next day i hiked with my buddy bill here um I do like an eight mile hike or high seven mile hike around uh, Pass Mountain, and it's a super easy hike compared to what we, I did the day before. But I would—I don't think I've been that whooped in a long time. It was—I uh, needed a couple of days to recover after that. <laughs> so, Dude, you know where all the sheds were at? Where you went looking for them, right? You know why you didn't find any? Why? Cliffs already got them, dude. They're in cliffs. You're right. <laughs> Wherever the you know what's is, funny? They're cliffs. Yeah, what's funny is Jeremy's built very similar to Cliff, and those guys are just little mountain goats, man. They just get after it. I shouldn't say little. They're just mountain goats in general. I mean, they just get after it. And, and then Cliff's so. wife has them all decked into jewelry and for sale on Etsy probably, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. What, uh, what about you, Nick? Uh, your kids having a good morning? Yeah, man. We, uh, we did a COVID-19 version of an Easter egg hunt around our house. And the good thing about being six and five years old is that uh, your, your expectations are low and your enthusiasm is high. So probably a lot <laughs> like your kids do. They, they had a great time and uh, a lot of candy has been consumed and a lot of coffee has been consumed. For whatever reason, my infant is... Um, I don't know if he's trying to cut a tooth or something, but he's he's not sleeping as much as we'd like. So who knows, man? This just feels like the twilight zone right now. I think everyone can relate a little bit with that, just being like off. I listened to your stories, Rob, about hiking, and that sounds awesome, man. The weather's been so nice. I, I haven't been able to get outside more than just walking around our neighborhood here. It's so crazy. They even closed our neighborhood park. Yeah, like, same here. Dude, raise small kids when you can't even go to your neighborhood park, and it's like, it's like mutiny. I feel like Blackbeard with a ship full of mutinous sailors. 
<laughs> you, know what I, go ahead. you know what I find funny about the the hiking and this COVID deal? Uh-huh. Like, everybody's so worried about being close to people. Like when you're hiking on a trail and you're coming up, people will jump off the trail like 10 feet into the bushes. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, rattlesnakes are out. Dude. Oh. Like, I would imagine. I would imagine rattlesnake bites are like through the roof right now. Rattlesnakes. I mean, yeah, more people are going to die from rattlesnake bites in, in Maricopa <laughs> County, dude. For sure, it's funny. And all those snakes are probably like, "What the heck is going on here?" Like, I'm in the bushes for a reason, bro. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what are you guys acting like idiots all of a sudden? Rob, it's funny you say that. I have a good friend, and uh, she's been, you know, she is at a point in life maybe like yours where she's been getting out and going running on the desert trails around here in the evenings and uh, she had a story where she was trying to get out of the way there was a guy with some dogs coming and she just like biffed it hard like I think it was kind of like one of those uh, steeper parts of a trail you know and so she she eats it in front of this guy and his, his dogs come running up to her and she's a dog lover and so she's like I even though I took a hard spill I was able to have the wherewithal to be like hey is it cool if I you know, pet your dogs. And this guy, stone-faced, after watching this lady just, like, eat it into rocks, you know, and cactus, and then his dog run up, rather than being like, yeah, it's fine, or, man, are you okay? He's like, are you a nurse? Do you have any symptoms right now? He didn't even want to get close to her. Are you kidding me? Dude, I was like, when she told me that, I was like, Joan, that's crazy. Like, he didn't even, People like... People aren't humans. It's, no, they're not. It, we're just operating out of fear now or something. I don't know what it is. It's probably based on some ground of, you know, legitimacy, but weird. Weird, weird, weird. Yeah, my take on it's probably not right, but it's like, if you're that scared... Don't go out. What are you doing outside, right? Amen. Amen. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, Well, so for the amount of sticking around the house that we're doing, you know, personally, I've done like every afternoon, I've looked forward to getting out and grilling something. I've been grilling almost every day. Uh, How about you guys? Are you guys doing uh, more cooking than normal? cooking grilling whatever Dude, just eating at home i feel like yeah. i'm starting to grow roots in my kitchen because i stand in front of the sink for so many hours a day i am definitely those are dishes nick that's not cooking dude well it, it's the byproduct <laughs> of cooking <laughs> uh, oh funny. man i you know we moved and so our grill um we're gonna do a built-in barbecue so i gave away our just you know regular propane rolling grill so i've been doing a lot more slow cooker type meals and uh, if only I could get within social distancing of Rob to get some game meat, I'd really like to amplify my slow cooker with some some roasts of deer or elk. But uh, that that's been on our agenda. Uh, what about you, Rob? You uh, you been hitting the trigger hard or anything? Uh, we actually have a elk roast in the slow cooker as we speak. Um, and I've been yeah the wood pellet stove. I've been you know doing a bunch of stuff on that. Some elk jerky. Um, you know, just whatever I can. It's uh, it's a lot of fun to use that thing. Josh, you have one of those too, right, man? Yeah, you know, I've done just over the past week and a half, two weeks, and again, I'm not an, an expert by any means, but I'm, I'm trying to learn a little bit. Now, I'm a little intimidated to get after some of the more challenging, uh, you know, day-long processes. I've got a, a Green Mountain Grills pellet grill, a Daniel Boone. And um, I've been using it just for a lot of basic stuff. It makes the basic stuff even better, right? I mean, when you cook something 
Uh, it's got that wood flavor to it. It's it's amazing. I, I've done a, I did a tri tip last week. Um, just a lot of chicken, chicken almost every you know every every couple of days. We do some type of chicken. Uh, the kids really like burgers, and um, they you know I, I found that I can get them to eat it a little bit better when, when we do little sliders. So we use Hawaiian rolls for the buns. And That's it. Sliders, and they're pretty bomb. Dude, King's Hawaiian buns—they're great for sandwiches too, man. If you just get like lunch meat, and make sandwiches on those. Really? Yeah, I bet. Toast them up. They're, they're great for you too, dude. But <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> my my overall take on cooking at home right now though is I'm not a great planner and I usually you know multiple trips to the grocery store and it just doesn't seem like you can even do that and feel right about it you know yeah so you you know and you, it's hard to put together you know a, a, a I don't know a, you know a decent recipe without you're always missing something right totally dude so, and so, so it's, it's like I mean we're eating a lot of basic stuff and. I don't know. It's just we've been supporting uh, some of the local takeout restaurants. Just tried to some of our favorite restaurants that we want to have there when this is all over, right? A hundred percent, Rob. And there's so there's much a- reality in that too, dude. Like, like just the fact that when when this finally lifts, the 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 wake that's going to be left behind, it'll be sad to see a lot of those places. So supporting them is the Right way to roll. It's funny in our house. It's been a little bit of the 180 degrees from your shopping experiences. I've, I'm embarrassed when we go to the store. It's you know we're not getting out very much, so I have like a full shopping cart. Plus the fact that you know what what on average are you spending on a trip to the store, dude? I went to the store on well today's <laughs> Sunday, so it must have been Thursday. I want to say it was. And we hadn't been to the store for eight or nine days, you know, and I'm feeding my dad. Dang, well, that's pretty good, dude, if you can go that But, long. dude, I dropped three bills, and the guy that's behind good. me the guy behind me was not feeling how long it took. And we buy a lot of produce, you know, we're juicers, and we eat a lot. That's, you know, one of our nutritional, you know, values is eating a lot of vegetables. But that, it was probably the equivalent of you, Rob, standing behind me with, like, a quarter full shopping cart. Like, what the heck is going on, man? <laughs> like, it's I not the end of the food. world. Dude, I, I know better than to get behind guys like you. Yeah, dude, you have a choice. There's only two tele- There's only two checkers working that day. I was like, it was, I the tension mounts, man. It's, it's nutty. Can you imagine what how efficient, I, dude? I can't imagine how efficient you are in the grocery store, Rob. Because everything you do, dude, you walk really fast. Calculate. Trying to be efficient with everything you do. You, you drive fast. You're probably in and out of the store. So like right now, yeah, to know. I'm the least efficient, but I walk fast and shop fast, but I go from one end and then I think of something and go to the other end and then I come back to the middle and I go to the other. I'm terrible. <laughs> so, but I your have, speed just brings you back to normal time. Right. I guess. I just, I have no feel when it comes to like what's where in the grocery store. So. I got you. I Dude, got you. I, uh, uh, um, I don't know about you guys. You know, we've talked music a little bit. One thing I, I'm just craving getting outdoors and fishing, man. It's been so long. I know a couple of you guys have been able to sneak away a few times when all this has been going on, but I haven't. And uh, have, you guys aren't big music heads, but in your lives, have you ever come upon much music from Jimmy Buffett beyond, like, Margaritaville? <laughs> I can't say I have, dude. Don't tell me you No, me neither. Dude, so he's got a couple of songs that are super legit beyond, like, the cheesy, like, crap that you hear at, like, you know... Right. Like that, but he's got one that's called uh, "Son of a Son of a Sailor," and uh, there's some lyrics in there just talking about like um, 
you know, he, his stuff is saltwater focused. So he's just wanting to like, you know, reminisce about sailing and, and being outdoors. And, uh, this season, my veins and my tradition remains. I'm just glad I don't live in a trailer. And dude, right now I feel like I am totally living in a trailer cause you can't get out. And it's like, music is that pathway to get out of it. It's just like, man, like I cannot wait to get out and go fishing. I'm dying. Dude, I've never appreciated it more, you know, and I, I, I've been trying to go once a week by myself just again to get out, to, to get some videos, and uh, I've never appreciated it more. I see Nick's dad wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Distractions are a minimum when you're recording podcasts <laughs> yes. like this, right? But it feels, it just feels so good to be outside, man, so I hope, I hope you're able to soon, and uh, I wrote the name of that song down. I'm going to check it Dude, out. Dude, I'll, I'll text it to you. Maybe we'll put it up on our, you know, Instagram or something. The other one, so it's funny, there's another one called He Went to Paris. And it's just a song about a guy who uh, lives his life, you know, and like does the kids and the wife thing and then tragedy hits and he loses his wife and his kids and then he's an old man and he leaves. He he started America and went to Europe and then he comes back and the final verse, it talks about him. He lives in the islands and he fishes the pylons and he drinks his green label each day like Heineken. And I, that's the other thing I fantasize about. It's like when all this is over and like my life settles back down from, you know, like homeschooling and raising kids, I just, I can envision myself just like fishing pilings and drinking beer and just being like beyond content, like oh, yeah. totally, totally content. <laughs> that's cool, dude. Well, in yeah, those times they're, they're ahead, dude. We'll, we'll get oh, there. absolutely. You know, it just, it helps you appreciate you know, just, it really does, man. It, 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 all the little things, all the little things for sure. And we're lucky to be in the positions we're in where all we have to worry about is, is waiting for that to get here. You right. know, some people are dealing with a lot more than us, man. So, right. uh, uh, before we get to, uh, well, let's just get right into a little bit of fishing stuff and we'll, we'll tail back off here at the end, uh, back into our downward spiral. Yeah, we'll that, just you know, continue the spiral. So one thing I want to do, just while there's no tournaments going on, we're not really getting out of the outdoors as much as we normally do. We don't have as much like current stuff to talk about. So um, I figured I'd bring it back to a couple of the questions we've been asked by listeners, and we were just kind of saving maybe for the right guest or whatever, and uh, we do have guests coming up in the next couple episodes, but let's just hit a couple of these right now. And uh, we had one in our comment section on iTunes uh, early on that um, – it was, a, it was a woman, and she was asking for us to talk about maybe how we have dealt with adversity, uh, and I'm assuming on the water, maybe not so much in life. She probably doesn't want to know how we deal with our adverse things we've dealt with in our lives. This is a fishing podcast, so um, I guess let's just kind of maybe go around and talk about some, some rough situations we've been in, and then maybe uh, how we did a good job getting out of them, or how we didn't, and how we cracked and burned, because I've had both. I think I don't know. Do either either of you guys want to start? Do you have anything? Yeah, I was saying. I think life is both of those, right? I think there are moments where you look back and you're like, "Nice, like I navigated that adversity well." And then there's moments where you're like, "Yeah, that uh, <laughs> that didn't go so well in hindsight." <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. You know, I and I obviously haven't done near the level of competitive fishing that you guys have, and so that question maybe naturally bleeds into that realm of fishing in the competitive sense. Um, but you can definitely get get spun out or worked up or frustrated with, you know, tangles and stuff like that. And I don't know, man, I think uh, it, it, it's just a matter of, you know, taking a breath, right? Slowing down. I think in those moments of 
challenge or frustration, for me, my mind becomes my enemy. And it's either speeding me up or it's taking me off course and down thought processes that aren't productive or effective. And so for me, I always just try and check in, man. Like do those self-awareness check-ins where you're just, you know, take a breath, look around, center yourself on something. Gratitude, right? Like thankful that I'm out out fishing or something versus, you know, being stuck somewhere else. And it doesn't work 100% of the time, of course. But man, those are, I even have those alerts just set up on my phone. And every day, three times a day, I have an alarm go off to just be like, stop, (laughs) take a breath. That's great, man. Slowing down is like is it's such good advice, and I didn't even have that written down. But it's 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 the best thing you can do, man. If you're if you're spiraling out of control in, in any situation, but you know we're talking about just on the water. You know, it, 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 I look at it from a, a tournament standpoint. Stopping for a second, slowing down. What, even if it's just you sit down and retie your bait, even if you didn't have to retie it, right? Uh, just resetting like that helps you so much. I I remember. Uh... Back when Boyd was just a little guy and we were fishing a bunch when he was, let's say, eight, nine, ten years old. And, I mean, their attention span isn't always there, so you could have really bad moments on the water, right? (laughs) Sure. And quite often what I would do to, I guess, change the situation was I would set him down and we'd just run across the lake. Just go to another spot. Reset. Kids love riding on the boat and going fast, too, dude. That's like the number one draw. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and you, you know, you forget about all the, the hang-ups or the whatever, what, whatever the issue was building. And if you just stick around and try to keep doing the same thing, they're just going to get worse and worse. So I'd always just change the mood, you know. That's a good that, that seemed, Yeah, it seemed to work pretty good. I, I've done that guiding a good amount too, man. Just, you know, you're not, <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, you, your clients, you know, they, they get refreshed, man. That, that wind in their face and yep. uh, change of scenery refreshes them for sure. Yeah, it's how, just, about that, how about that feeling in the morning when you you just have clients that are just not casting great or you just feel like you're really not gonna do well, you know? And, oh, sure. and you just you know, you just slow down and like you said, run across the lake, just do something different and it sometimes makes the, the, everything change, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cause cause those are adverse moments like that. When you feel feeling like you're not gonna catch them. You know? When you don't think you're going to get a fat tip. I'm not worried about the tip. I'm not worried about catching fish. I know. I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. You, of all the guys I've ever known, I think you're the least concerned about that. You just genuinely want people to have a good time. I know that. <laughs> For the most part, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, and tips. Yeah. But and tips. <laughs> they're not appreciated. Yeah, they're I expecting. Mean, I look at the things on the water that can put, that can put you in a bad state of mind you know losing fish mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. other people being on your fishing spots that's one that uh is for sure super challenging and and you try to handle it better you try to handle it well and it's one of those things you over time you learn but uh it's, it's just one of those it bothers you sometimes well normally it's your buddy that you showed the spot and it's like ah oh, dude you know it, uh, ah, it's my spot or um or a tournament you know you, you're so excited you're sleepless the night before because you can't wait to get out there and um you, you get to the spot and someone's already on it and your tournament's ruined, you know? So it's, it's, that's something fishermen everywhere deal with. Normally you just get right next to them and try and push them off though, right? That's what you do is you just <laughs> come off pad within about 30 feet of them, make a long cast out circle in front. Them. <laughs> yeah, circle them, slow idle. 
<laughs> it's amazing in the in the tournament realm how some guys are so good at weaseling their way in, and some guys that completely like I know some incredible fishermen that just that shakes them up so bad. It it rattles them more than like anything else, and it'll it'll literally just you know one of those moments or situations will take them out of the whole tournament. You know, and it, it's <laughs> the wheels are off the bus, right? Yeah, I'm somewhere in between. I'm definitely not the guy that's going to let it ruin my event, but I'm also not the guy that's going to uh, try to weasel my way into that spot. So it's it's a tough one. But, like, you know, that's just – it is what it is. And you come to a point where going into a day of fishing or a tournament, you just got to just tell yourself before you go out there, like, okay, what am I going to do when I get to my first spot and someone's on it? And then what am I going to do when I get to the second spot and I don't catch anything? Like – uh-huh. Like you got to prepare yourself for things to just not go that the way that they're supposed to go. That way, you're not in a state of shock and, and spinning out at eight o'clock in the morning, right? Dude, and Josh, you got to probably love it when you're fishing an event and like, you know, Thursday, Friday, or whatever. You you're dealing with the pressure from your your other anglers, you know, in the tournament, and then the, the Saturday or Sunday when you pull up on that spot, and then it's just a local fun fisherman who's just like you know perpendicular all over the spot. That's that's probably a, a moment where it's intensified to spin out on. Yeah, yeah. all the time. Have you ever had a situation where there there is someone on your start spot and it was probably the best thing that ever happened to you? That's a great question, dude. That's a good one. And I wish I would have thought about that one before uh, before this because I'm sure it has, dude. I'm sure it's gone that way where you're, you're so upset because you can't get on the fish and then, uh, yeah, what do you know? <laughs> yeah, I, had a, I had a situation where I was running into a spot and there was a boat fishing like the mouth of an area I wanted to go to. And the dude just lit me up. I'm like, dude, I just want to get past you. I don't want to fish around you. I just want to get past you. And he just wore me out, like wouldn't let me through, right? So I just went out a little bit and went up catching like 22 pounds and finished second in the tournament. Yeah, a, a logo tournament, but it was pretty funny how it all played out, you know? So he kind of did me a favor. Yeah, well, a little, little, little karma there for you. That's maybe cool. it knocks you off your tunnel vision, right? Sometimes we can get so fixated on something you overlook, right? And then when you're forced oh. to, uh, yeah, look at it from a different angle, sometimes good things can happen. Yeah, what Rob wasn't mentioning was it was only a 10, 10 foot long pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was still landing his cast. I couldn't believe he wouldn't let me in there, right? <laughs> trying to get to the back, that's all. <laughs> uh, trying to see if I have anything else uh, down. How about like uh, I had this one written down, and I guess it uh, it was just kind of crazy adversity because it was a it was kind of a, fi- a fight or flight moment for me. I was on um, Lake St. Clair. Stop me if I've told this one on the podcast before. But I was on Lake St. Clair practice for a tournament uh, three or four years ago, and uh, we had the worst practice weather ever. Like, we had the worst practice weather ever. It, the wind blew 30, 25 or 30 every single day. And this is a massive lake. Like, uh, as you guys know, it's 25 miles long and 25 miles wide. It's a bowl, 25 miles across. You get in the middle and you can't see either side. And um, I launched up the St. Clair River, which is – I'm sorry. I launched up the Detroit River, which is where our rental house was for the week. I'm distracted. There's something in my garage here. Is it the mouse? I, I miss him so much. It, it sounds more like a bird. Uh, I miss your cave, man. The cave. I know. I, know. I can't wait to have you guys back in here. Trolls. 
it'll make the uh, quality of the podcast a lot better too. Um, but anyways, I'd launched like 25, 30 miles from where I was at up a river. So I had to run out of the lake and then up the river to get back to my trailer. And I wait till the end of the day, right? Like it, it's really rough and I'm gonna have to run through four footers for 10 miles to get to the mouth of this river. And then it'll be smooth sailing once I get in the river. So I leave myself an hour, whatever, whatever time I think it's gonna take. Right. And um, as I'm getting ready to leave, I pull, I got to pull my power poles up because power poles, they've gotten this cool uh, addition that you can put on the power poles. Uh, it's called a power pad. And they're just like these, these flat paddles that go on your poles. And you deploy your poles, even if you're in 20 feet of water, and the paddles will slow you down. It's like using a drift sock. Uh-huh. But the beauty is you don't have to mess with it by hand. You literally just press the power pole button, boom, your drift poles go down, and you're drifting perfectly straight. So you can fish in front of the boat. No problems. And you hook a fish and boop, bring them up, and then your fish isn't taking you down into your drift sock. Well, I had installed the power poles with a buddy <laughs> earlier this year. Like, we did it ourselves. And we used the wrong nuts to connect the, the uh, ho- power pole hoses to the pumps, the hydraulic pumps. Not locking nuts, just regular nuts. So, like, they were fine all year. But we get to the end of the year, these things had backed out enough where the hose blew off. Well, I was fishing for an hour, and I didn't even know because the poles were already down, right? So I go to pull the poles up, and they're stuck down. And uh, one of them stuck down, the one that had done that. So, dude, it's almost dark, and I'm in the middle of the lake. Everyone's already practically off the water. I got no cell phone service because I'm actually in Canada. Um, and I'm on the Canadian side of the lake, and uh, I can't get my pole up. So I'm like, what do I do? So yeah. I literally just try to get on pad. Um, with it wow. down, with it down, and it's just so much. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna freaking die out there. I can't spend the night out there in five footers. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the dark, with no cell phones, they're gonna send a search party for me. Yeah. So there's just so much resistance from that thing. It won't come up, dude. It won't come up. So I'm like, oh my god, what? I'm like, can I unbolt this thing and cut it off and leave it down at the bottom of the lake? I got nothing that I can use to cut it. So like, um, what I ended up doing was getting a rope and. Um, I, I'm like, maybe I can just force it up by hand. So I get a rope and like it, uh, the boat's going like this rocking up and down. And I, I take the rope and I try to lasso it around the pole that's down in the water. And it takes me a bunch of tries, you know, but I finally get it around the pole. And I'm just like with all my might freaking pulling on this rope, trying to get, get it to come up and it releases. And there was, there is like a, a if, if you pull hard enough for an extended period of time, it knows to release. It's got some release valve. So it comes up, dude. And I strap that, that thing up and I tie the rope to the cleat. Wow. And, uh, end up running like 30 minutes in the dark to get back. But, uh. Dude, uh, probably the, one of the one of the scariest t- times I've ever had on the lake, and I, I wasn't prepared. Like it, I should have had, uh, well, I should have known how that thing worked in the first place. You know, I got lucky that it did work out. But uh, dude, it sounds like you could probably <laughs> get a What's that? you could get a roll on the uh, that that sounded like a story. What was that show on Discovery Channel where they were fishing for crab in Alaska, and they're like every episode, like, yeah, dude, you you could be like a, a double on Deadliest Catch, man. That's a, that's a gnarly. A gnarly story. I never knew that one. I, didn't. Yeah, I hadn't heard that either. That was pretty. That's crazy. I had a talon stick down in a guide trip uh, at Saguaro. We had to unbolt it and lay it down in my boat to get back. Uh, oh, it was sticking straight out back. It was it sticking was, backwards. No, it was sticking straight down, and I couldn't. I couldn't get it to come up. It just stuck. It broke. So I had to unbolt it and then yeah, lay it down on the boat. 
and you had like a tail on your way uh-huh. in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that stuff happens, man. And, and like, it's a good it to know, like, and I'm, I'm not a good example of this. I don't know how to fix half the crap on my boat, you know, but it's good to know the, the things that do break and, um, and, and hopefully have the tools and know how to fix them when they do break. Uh, Nick, were you with me, dude, when we uh, ran over that the other one I wrote down that was similar to that? Were you with me when uh, we ran over those nets at Falcon? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, how did I forget that story? Yeah, that was uh, that was a good time. So, so fishing nets, like big giant monofilament nets. Yeah, dude. So what they do for the listeners, they they fish for tilapia. You know, they the local fishermen on the Mexican side fish for tilapia commercially, and they're just out there in pangas and they put these these line, these nets made a fishing line out everywhere, and um, they got floats and stuff like that, so they know where they're at, but they're you know, dozens of these guys out there fishing in this creek I'm in, and it's it's our first time fishing down there, and I was nervous, you know, even though I, I it, it maybe is semi-justified, but people talk about the cartels running drugs across the lake, and <laughs> someone had been killed there the year before. And- semi-justified? It's next to Matamoros. That's like, all you have to do <laughs> is watch any of those uh, um, Sicario movies, and you can know firsthand. That, that was that was justified. There was definitely some solid, legit fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we so we we were nervous about that to begin with, and uh, you know, people are like, "Well, yeah, maybe you know, some of them might act like commercial fishermen, you know, and just you know, stay away from those guys and kind of mind your own business, watch out for the nets." And sure enough, the first time we go down on the Mexican side, I run over a net and it, it jams the motor up, dude. My motor is uh, prop is completely wrapped up with one of these nets and they're they're all around us and i'm in the back of this thing with a knife cutting the nets out furiously and i have a broken foot so i'm of no use i can just use a crutch to swing at it when the when the cartel member jumps on boat i can just like take a crutch to him and defend us it was weird that was a mess (laughs) dude they, they their floats were so you know highly visible you know they had these like 20 year old plastic gatorade bottles that were next to invisible marking the ends of those nets and yeah you get any drop <laughs> on the water you're not seeing Dude, we ran over like who knows how long we've been dragging and ran that thing over that was funny i mean was i probably any, I, go any ahead. effects on your boat after that did you get no i just out? cut it out and it was fine dude but i felt bad because you know i would have loved to have thrown a guy 20 bucks if i ruined his net but dude i mean God, I wasn't about to, to to get close enough to figure out who it was. I knew that, you know, someone was going to be really pissed off really soon when they found out that was their net. Right, Josh, do you remember, too, those guys? They'd be, you know, they're buzzing around in their pangas, and they'd just point it right at you, and they'd just come to you and then take off, like, bow to the 90 degrees either side yeah. last minute, dude. I what think, was that about? They did it all the time, dude. I, I, there were so many times I'm like, if they come 10 more feet, dude, I'm freaking gone. And they just wouldn't. They they finally turn off, and it was like, why? Why are they trying to scare you off? I think so. I think so. Yeah, Yeah. because you're fishing. I've heard that you know. Obviously, they know where to fish, but our boats have like the the electronics, right? So we find the structure, and then they will go in and fish behind where they see the bass boats fish a lot of times. Totally understand why they do that but uh, yeah they probably wanted you out of there so they could drop some nets I mean, it, it, he's over there the guy's in a beat up panga but he's like dropping pins on his phone right he's like yeah dink, there's a waypoint dink there's a waypoint <laughs> probably so dude probably so i know i lost some fish down there that swam into those nets after they were hooked but um 
any other ones? Let's see. Uh, you know, Rob just touched on a good one, dude, about kids. Like, I that was a helpful thing for me. And, man, it, it's so rewarding and fun to take your kids fishing. But, like, I think we talked about that story two or three podcasts ago on the, the background of my desktop where my son is holding the Lightning McQueen car with two giant rivers of boogers running down his nose. Like, I've had some epic meltdowns with my kids when we're fishing, especially bed fishing, you know, because you get really, like, keyed in on, like, I know I'm going to catch this fish. Just give me, like, three or four more minutes. Like, I'm going to do it. And they're just melting down and everything's going. And, uh, you know, for me around here, really ensuring that you're catching fish makes all the difference too, right? Versus trying to catch, you know, bigger ones or better quality or whatever. Like I've always just tried to focus on catching fish, man. And like slip floats with mealworms going to the toolies or cattails or wherever it is like, man, just keeping it light and, and fast moving and having fun. That's, that's probably the highest blood pressure moments I've had fishing in recent memories is just that when they're like done, you know, we're sharing 21 feet here and they're, they're bored and frustrated and it's like, take them for a ride. <laughs> catch How something. long does it take for them to get to that point? Obviously it depends on the kid and the age. And the like, age, right? You know, now kids. they're more patient, but dude, I, that picture of William was, if he was three, it wasn't much longer after he had turned three. He was probably like two and dude, that attention span, I think a goldfish has a longer attention span than that. It's like at that point, it's just like, who knows, man? <laughs> yeah, my daughter is so stubborn, and I want to take her fishing so bad, like legitimately fish, and I need to start going more and more. But when I take her, she's so stubborn. I have trouble even t- getting to teach her how to cast if she wants to do it her way. Yeah. And, uh, I think you just let him do it, man. I, and that's what I've done. Good, you yeah. know what I mean? I'll let her just drag the rod on the just whip around the rod, do whatever she wants. But, you know, I'm trying to teach her the right way to do it, and she just won't. She won't listen long enough for me to teach her how to cast. Dude, I'll bring like their their Snoopy poles, you know, and then I'll just tie like a. I have tons of old um, sock jerk baits that I never use. I mean, they're just like trash essentially. I'll just tie one of those on, so I know there's no hook, but there's enough weight that they can just screw around with it, and like you said, splash the water and stuff. And like, there you go, you're fishing. And then try and catch them something because the excitement is catching the fish and then when they you're young. In your fish. Exactly, yeah, and then yeah. and then that's put them, makes... dude. Then put them in the live well because then that's like instant. You've bought yourself like the rest of the day of distraction for them because they can great. just go back there getting poked by them and you know traumatizing. Peta, you know Carol Baskin wouldn't approve of them, you know mutilating <laughs> bass and bluegill in your live well all day, but for your own sanity. <laughs> That's hilarious. There's apparently there's another episode of Tiger King coming. If you guys haven't heard that, right? Wow. They're bringing one more, and they're going to do it on this on that creepy dude that came in towards the last couple episodes. A little backstory on his life, because apparently he's probably got a pretty interesting backstory as well. Shocking, Rob. Have you watched any of that? Yeah, I've watched everything that's out. It's yeah. uh, you know I'm trying to forget most of it, but <laughs> <laughs> but you'll watch that other one hopefully, dude. Oh yeah, it was. Which one? You know, you know what's so funny about that type of stuff. I mean, obviously Tiger King's no big deal, but uh, you said I need to start watching Ozark. And yeah. I brought that up. So I br- I bring that up to my family. I bring it up to my wife. My son was there when I said that, and every one of them said, "No, not for you." What? And I exactly. I don't know why. I, maybe there's because I kind of call bullshit on a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah, so. but you have to- 
I don't know how fake it is, if it's realistic. I don't know. Whatever. But they I don't know. That's so, interesting. They know you yeah, better than us, dude. So yeah, I need to I need to try it and see if I see if they're right or wrong. But we'll see. And I haven't I haven't partaken in any of that uh, um, Ozarks. Obviously, I've I've finally got onto the Tiger King thing, and uh, man, like I just. It's just mind blowing that if they would have if they would have right up snakes out. Oh, one hundred percent, dude, one hundred percent. I love the flamboyant ridiculousness of Joe Exotic. Like the rest of the storylines are pretty funny, and, and Jeff Lowe, dude, without That's naming the guy's name, Jeff Lowe, without naming names, he reminds me of a handful of the characters that I've known through you guys in the bass fishing community you know like that <laughs> loud like dude it just it was funny like instantly like ding that personality type was cloned in that guy and you couldn't <laughs> dude if they were trying to create a fictional docu-series about wild big game cat owners it wouldn't even be that crazy so the fact that that really it's just wow I, I love America more now than ever. To think that we oh, yeah. <laughs> we created that, like we birthed that organically, we really are a great nation. That's a good, a really good point. So, dude, I, my other question is, Rob. If they, so, if they don't think that's for you, what do they think is for you, dude? Yeah, Freaking what PBS. Kind of stuff do you like? Nothing. He's like hunting shows. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. It's I'm meat eater. Like I just I can't watch movies because I'm like, okay, I know that's not real. Just type of stuff like that. <laughs> Even the hunting shows, then you're probably like, oh yeah, most hunting shows I'm that way. Like <laughs> yeah. I literally, like when it comes to fishing shows, I mean I have to watch tournaments because it's the real deal, right? Yeah. And there and there's a handful of the two guys on the front of the boat type fishing show that I can watch. And I mean off the top of my head, I can think of like Zone is a good one. Okay. Because because he's bringing like the stud fishermen and they're catching studs and you know it's real like yep. they haven't filmed for 12 days and have three different outfits on and you know what i mean it's not oh safe. yeah oh yeah the fish it's don't legit. have pink lips when they come in <laughs> right right so i don't know i i just have a hard time with all the fake hollywood stuff i guess my brother's I exactly the same way rob that's funny and and so he and i have been sharing right now uh that's one of the redeeming things about youtube though is you can find you know, it, it's the power of the internet. It uh, it brings it to the masses. And so we both yep. are always sharing, you know, YouTube fishing videos that we've found. And he's he's the diehard fly fisherman. But, man, there's if you guys want to check out some cool stuff on YouTube, um, Catch Magazine, C-A-T-C-H Magazine. Uh, anything by a guy named Todd Moen. They're usually like five to, like three to ten minute long videos. And it's just normally there's no talking if there's any talking it's like minimal and then it's just like a decent you know song and incredible footage like incredible footage did he travel all over all over the place dude the ones that i've been addicted to right now um i've talked about a little bit the one where they were down in patagonia south america but they've got some really sick ones in the amazon where they're catching peacock bass and arapima 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 how you say those crazy like giant dinosaur looking fish but then, dude, they have a sick one fly fishing for bass. It's got to be in, like, Idaho or something. But he's catching them on poppers through cattails. And, dude, he catches some giants. But, like, all of them, they, they do a great job of filming, like, the fish eating. They get really good, high quality. And, like, to your point, Rob, it just strips away all the nauseating, you know, fakeness. They're not promoting anything. It's just, it's just 
quality skilled fishermen doing their thing and it's ah, it's so so great man so great yeah you're spot on with the youtube deal i mean there's there's some of the hunting stuff that um i can't make it a minute through it Uh uh-huh there's some of them there's some of them i can watch for three hours and 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 you watch the same one over and over (laughs) yeah one of the one of the the hunting ones that i absolutely love is uh some Arizona guys do it. It's called Mountain Project. Uh, okay. I've never met them. I don't know the guys. I just, they they have very, very good quality stuff. And like I follow a bunch of the individuals on Instagram and stuff and they have like, you just see a lot of their lifestyle stuff and the way they live and what they do. And um, they do some of the most badass hunts and stuff that you can't make up, right? Like right. Alaskan doll sheep hunting and, you know, they're out, they're out in the bush for, you know, 14 days or whatever. And like, you can't make that stuff up. Right. right. And in this, uh, and in this day and age, dude, like I honestly think that people want that transparent realness. We're, we're burned out on the sugar coated, you know, overhyped sensationalized, like give me the nitty gritty. Like I want to see yep. like, I want like to see the struggle too a lot. You know what yep. I mean? It's, uh, it's well, the I've human seen a, element. I've seen it. I've seen enough of the Midwestern whitetail hunter that wakes up at home and gets on his electric buggy and goes to his tree stand and waits for a deer that he's been watching on the camera for the last four years. Cruising on his phone waiting for a deer to walk out to shoot. Yeah, and the fishing equivalent of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would enjoy doing that. I just don't like watching it, right? And it's like those guys are, I mean, they're doing their thing. They're hunting in their area, doing what they do. So don't let I'm not bagging on it. I just, I'm tired of watching on TV. Yep. You know what I mean? So. That's cool. Uh, hey, uh, real quick too, um, on the hunting side, dude, what type of effect, so we're all, as anglers, you know, on this podcast and the, all the listeners, we all see what kind of effects we're having to deal with right now with closures and stuff and um, the impacts of missing some tournaments from uh, the COVID. What's it doing to hunting, dude? You know, I've heard a few different little tidbits on stuff. I haven't looked into it a lot because it doesn't affect me at this point, but I've heard some stuff like, uh, I want to say it was Nebraska. They have turkey hunting, spring turkey hunting, right? Yeah, turkey season uh, now. Yeah, no non-residents can come in and buy buy turkey tags at this point. So basically they're saying if you have a tag, you're welcome to come hunt them, but if you do not have a tag currently, you cannot hunt them. Interesting. Um, so, which makes sense, right? There's, I think there's spring bear hunts going on in certain places and they're affected. I saw another deal today that um, uh, Michigan, I believe it was Michigan, shut down all their waterways to power boats. If you have a connection, I saw that, dude. That's tire, terrible. I mean, it's crazy, crazy, right? How does it? I mean, so what's the, what's the, you know, we probably, what's should, the take I'm on it? I'm not going to go deep into it because I haven't read about it. There, there's got to be a reason. But uh, is, is the reason they're just completely taking any chance of, of flotillas of boats and, and eight people getting on a pontoon and 15 people getting on a ski boat? Is that what they're preparing? It's, it's going to happen? or It's got to be. I know Michigan, I mean, you speak of Lake St. Clair. I mean, St. Clair's got, and it's starting to get to be that time of year back there, probably in May. There'll be a lot of people on the water, I would imagine. I'm, I'm thinking, right? I don't know how cold it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, it's cold now, but they're, but they're fishing, and there's no partying right now. But yeah, in a month, it will right. In a yeah. month there will be, and I mean, I've been on St. Clair when there's, I mean, there's more big boats there than there is any. Dude, right? it's crazy. It'll be the calmest day ever, and you're just getting beat to death. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So that may have something to do with it. I, I'm not positive, but 
yeah, there's some random stuff going on. Like, it, I mean, not a lot of it makes sense. I mean, yesterday, coming back from uh, Roosevelt, I saw some of the areas near Superior, which is a popular area where people, you know, ride ATVs and stuff. Yeah. And there was, yeah. A, there was a parking lot right outside of Superior there. There had to be 40 vehicles. That thing's been loaded there. every day, dude, driving through Unbelievable, the right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, so, dude, I mean, I'm thankful right now that our state is on the on the right side of this. Um, and so you know, it's not like that for everyone. So that's an interesting, you know, going back, Rob, where you're saying like non-residents can't get in there. As a as just a truly addicted shopper, I mean, I have shopaholic disease to the max, and I've been waiting and looking at boats and looking at boats and wanting to buy a boat, among other things. So I wonder if you run into those issues, dude, like going out and, and buying something and driving it back. You know, I wonder if you run in, I wonder if there are states that are blocking that. And I mean, this is a tangent that just popped in my head that will probably give you nothing to talk about. But I know we were, I sent you guys that one in California. I, I would imagine you're still allowed to drive into other states and do stuff like that. That's, that's crazy. I don't know. You're going to have to do some research for sure. It'd be California a bummer to drive a bunch of five hours and get there and be like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I remember the guy, uh, the uh, California guy you're talking to, had offered to meet at the port. Yeah, so maybe remember? that. Yeah, so maybe and maybe there's more. He was trying to say something about sales tax, which was appreciated and makes sense because it's a dealer. But I wondered that. I wonder if maybe they're who knows, dude. And whatever, everyone's so sick and tired of yeah, talking about this. We'll yeah, just... all right. Sorry to bring it back up. I just was curious about the hunting thing. But uh, let's go into one more one more question that a uh, listener had asked. Um, and I believe this was uh, my buddy Bailey. He's got his other. He's got another podcast, so we'll give him a shout out. Shout out his shout out or his podcast is Serious Angler Podcast. Uh, very fishing, bass fishing centric podcast. It's a good one. Uh, his question was baits that we think should be banned from tournaments, or baits or or, or techniques that you hate to see win tournaments. Do you guys have like a technique that you hate? And I've got, see, I've got a couple uh, where a guy will, will win the tournament or do well. And I was like, oh, that's just such a cheap way to win. And you know what? That sometimes, you know, that's that's okay. You know, if, if that was me winning the tournament, doing that cheap, obvious thing, it's it, it'd be I'd be singing a different tune. But do you guys have something that just kind of gets under your skin like that when someone catches them? You're gonna have to tell me what you yeah. resist first. Well, so my do my first it. one. Is fishing uh, is fishing bridges on certain lakes, and uh, ah. you know bridges are a, a fantastic cover for fish to hold on, no matter what the species. But especially bass, you know, bass love bridges for the shade and the cover. And a lot of times, the bridges are funnels, like they're, they're in the mouth of a creek, so the fish are always moving in and out of this bridge. And it's a pit, it's a pinch point where any fish that comes in and out of that creek has to go through that bridge, and he's going to swim right by that corner. And when he does, someone's sitting there with a line in the water, and he's going to catch them. But what what drives me nuts is, like, there are lakes where it's become so notorious, like Gunnersville, for instance. And this is the lake that I'm really thinking of the most. You show up to a tournament at Gunnersville, and you know that three out of the top ten are fishing bridges. And there's six bridges that are good. So you got a 200, uh, say 100 boats. You got 100 guys. And... You got six bridges, you know, and so six dudes are going to get lucky. This happens at Champlain too. There's a couple places where it takes. So that's that's that. Not to interrupt you, but that your biggest issue about the bridge is not the fact that you're catching them on the bridge, but the fact that 
it's a lucky spot in a bow draw type situation. Yeah, a hundred percent. Let's take let's take it even further to Champlain. There's only a couple that are like this at Champlain. And if you're in the first five boats at a tournament at Champlain, you could you could have no fishing ability very minimal fishing ability and be told to go to this bridge and do this and um, go catch seventeen pounds and be in the top ten. Drives me nuts. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And I mean, that's more of a location than a technique, but it's like, I get it. I mean, that's that's brutal when it becomes, I mean, that's my issue with local one day team tournaments. I mean, it comes down to a- Luck becomes be a, a huge factor. I don't want to say luck because the guys earned it because they found them, but it's a boat draw deal. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Just, yeah, you're, you're fighting against that. It's, I, I'm trying to think of a parallel in other sports where you, where you have something like that, and I can't really think of anything, man, where, um, you know, I, I really, yeah, I, I can't even think of anything, but that, that drives me nuts. I don't really even have a bait. Like, um, Obviously, like, a lot of people get all in a wad about umbrella rigs, but most tournaments don't allow those anymore. Is that true? Yeah, they don't, and that was. Like, if you, if you rewind eight years... People like everyone's answer probably would be, oh, I hate it when I get beat with an A rig because when that deal's on, when it's legal, you almost have to be throwing it or had to be throwing it to be competitive. And now that it, we've talked about it a little bit in some of our earlier episodes, the fish should be, you know, the A rig is still a big factor in certain tournaments where it's allowed, but it's nothing like it was. And it almost, it's not like there, there have been tournaments like when it first came out where like nine out of the top 10 were thrown. You know what I mean? And if you weren't throwing it, you're literally fishing for, if you do great, you might finish 30th. That's, you say nine out of the top 10. When you say that, I think of the tournament where they kind of came out was Gunnersville, right? That's the one, dude. On a bridge. Brett was the, Brett was the one guy yep. in the top 10 that didn't throw it, right? Yep, yep. Brett Height, our buddy. He, uh, he was throwing a uh, chatterbait. Like, he should get a trophy for that, dude. <laughs> and he and he would have won if he would have put five chatterbaits on an umbrella rig. Right. <laughs> See, that's where he went wrong. Yeah, yeah. No kidding, dude. Hey, when that came out, remember? I remember doing this with Rob and Nick. We were we were trying it. I had like some three armed umbrella rigs. I put tried crankbaits and stuff on. Right. You what was that? What <laughs> happened when you did that? Didn't I, catch I, crap, I, dude. It was freaking ridiculous. Dude, you so were, what's the What's your take on the bait not being as well or the technique not being as good today versus when it first came out? I uh, dude, it's it's a, it's just a mind blowing thing to me. I think it's somehow in their genes they have figured out that it's not nah. they're just not dumb to it like they were. And these are fish that we've talked about it before. They're freaking a two pounder right now doesn't know what happened eight years ago. It wasn't alive. Exactly. There's a but wide human, humans aren't that smart. <laughs> I don't know, dude. They continue maybe we, to... we don't know, but maybe we are. Like, dude, I mean, I, I don't know. How are kids scared of spiders and snakes, man? There's a wide-scale underwater intelligence initiative where they just, they have, like, you know, graphics and chalkboards and stuff, and they, <laughs> they, they educate their youth, you know, and they're like, okay, like, avoid this at all costs. <laughs> the waterproof chalk? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's hard to find. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, uh, right. I don't know where we went there, but <laughs> yeah. COVID podcast. Who knows? You can't hear us, and you have no idea what we're talking about. But we appreciate all of you listening. <laughs> At least we're having fun. Exactly. We just have to survive 
get through this social distancing so we can all get back together and bring you guys better quality stuff. Hey, you know what's funny? Have you guys, do you, do you watch, uh, obviously you watch some form of news from time to time, but I like watching our local Fox 10 News in the morning. I've watched it for years, and it's it's a decent prog- um, program. It's so funny, man, because they have, like, the weather guys coming from home, and then one of the ladies who's usually an anchor, she's coming from home. And, and they're light years ahead of us in quality, but even they have, like, echoes, like, awkward silences. There's something about not being next to each other, even professional broadcasters, not to try and make us sound like, oh, we're, you know, doing something when we clearly suck. But it's funny, I watched that. And the other morning, dude, this lady, you know, she's got all of her makeup on. She's real pretty. She's she's doing her thing. Freaking the door behind her opens and a four year like her little kid comes in and like Beautiful. sits on her lap right in the middle of what she's trying I to say. I love that. Oh, and that it's like awesome. it, we're all just doing the best we can with what we've got. And there's three dudes who stuck at audio and technical stuff. It's like, this is what you get. <laughs> No doubt. So, all that being said, uh, don't forget to give us five star reviews, great ratings, uh, yeah. or great uh, great reviews, five star ratings, and uh, share it with all your friends. Please shower us <laughs> with all of your greatness. We're so but if you're going to share an episode, don't share any of the last yeah. three that had terrible, terrible audio <laughs> from, from March fifteenth on. <laughs> yeah. Josh, are you going fishing this week then? Yeah, I will, man. I got you know, dude. Where? I hit. I told you, I hit this pothole in Florida that was like. The pothole of all potholes, <laughs> and um, I've been dealing with um, some like vibration in either my truck or trailer since then, and I'm like wearing out tires, like like not level wearing them out, like wearing them out on the inside. There's something wrong. They got yeah. bent out of shape, so I'm gonna get that fixed this week. I'm gonna drop it off at a trailer shop, and as soon as that thing is fixed, I'm going fishing somewhere cool, dude. I, I so, so Boyd and I have a goofy little challenge for you, okay? Obviously you're, gonna, obviously, you're going to be fishing by yourself, so it won't be documented, but you'll, well, you could film it, right? So, yesterday, we were at Roosevelt. We didn't catch a ton of fish, but we flipped most of the day, right? Okay. And just trying to catch cool fish, like through the mats, like just having fun, Did you catch right? some doing that? Did you catch we some did. We did. We caught a few, but Boyd said, can you tell me that you have a bite before you set the hook flipping? Meaning, like... I got one, but I haven't set the hook yet. You understand what I'm saying? Trying to beat your instincts because your instincts make you want to set the hook real quick. Interesting. Very, very difficult to do when you're flipping because you're so close and your instincts overtake and you set before you can say anything. Were you able to do it? Props to him for um, thinking of this. This is hilarious. I had had one bite that was I pitch up there and I'm working my bait back a little bit and all of a sudden I can't feel it, right? I'm like – and Boyd's, I didn't even remember saying it, but I said, something weird is happening. <laughs> and then I said the hook. Something's about to happen. <laughs> Stepbrothers, right? It was, it was pretty funny. Um, but tr- let's, I want to see video of you saying, I got to buy, and then set the hook when you're okay. <laughs> I love it. Good job, boy. So, Think of that. Dude, let's not just have me. Let's, any listener that wants to yeah. do too, dude. And let's throw something in uh, for any listener that is able to do this. And sends us the video at Angler's Happy Hour on either Facebook or Instagram. I'll send a package of Berkeley baits to you. Not one pack. It, I'll send a small it has box to, with several. It has, to, it has to be a weighted. It can't be a Cinco. It can't be anything like that. It has to be a weighted flipping jig, a flipping Texas rig, something like that. And you got to be so, flipping. Yep. One other, one other quick little story about yesterday. Uh, again, we didn't catch a ton of fish, but um, I flip up next to this bush and my line starts swimming off. 
where most of our fish were inside of the, the goo or in the, like in a bush. So my line starts swimming and I swung so hard and it was probably a bad hook, who knows, but I broke the hook off. Literally no kidding, the, dude. The hook broke and Boyd was just like, a flipping line. hook. A flipping hook, just snapped it clear in half. So obviously maybe I bent it back, whatever, it had a weakness, but it was pretty funny. So we can, we, we were talking about how we can say how big that fish was. Dude, it, it wasn't a dick. <laughs> You know that? <laughs> it definitely wasn't a dig because it definitely bit different than all the other fish. It was kind of in a little different location than a lot of the fish. So whatever, it's probably 12 pounds. Dude, that happened to me one time <laughs> with a jig. I, I, I flipped, fish in a tournament, I flip into a deep tree, like an eight-foot deep tree with this jig, and it falls two-thirds of the way down this tree, and the whole tree freaking shakes. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I set the hook, and I hit, I catch it, seven-pounder. and Nice. So we're pumped up, and we're on a tree line that is has got some tanks on it at this time. Like, we ended up catching, like, 20 pounds in the tournament. But um, the next tree, the next flip, and this jig I had bent back and forth. When I was younger, I didn't have the freaking money to have 100 of the right jigs in the boat. So I was making this jig work, you know. But the, after, after the tree shaker, I, sh I flipped into the next deep tree. Same thing, the tree the tree shakes again like that, dude. And I said the hook and broke my jig. It was about the toes. <laughs> Broke, broke the hook on the jig. It's a, it's a big one. Who knows, dude? But it's just funny how, like, you can, I mean, it's probably a pound and a half or it's just one of those deals. But, it, you know, you can imagine that it was a giant, right? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my boat in the driveway and Boyd's vacuuming me right now. So I guess he, he's earning his fishing trip from yesterday. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. Or he's earning his next one. <laughs> there you go. That's probably what it is. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right on. Well, hey, uh, I'll let you guys roll. Today is Easter Sunday, so happy Easter to all the listeners. And I also just want to say uh, real quick, because I know you guys know Aaron as well, uh, you know, and I, I doubt he's listening, but uh, just we're giving Aaron Martins our thoughts right now. He uh, last week was fishing. He had a seizure on his boat. Um, and I, you guys already know this, but um, listeners don't. He had a seizure on his boat. They took him into the uh, emergency room, ran some tests, and found a couple tumors. They removed one of the tumors in brain surgery last week. Um, and they're just waiting for the results, but, uh, you know, he's pretty, uh, he's like the most active, fit, healthy, nice, just best guy ever, man. And, uh, he's laid up at home, can't do anything he normally does. So, uh, I know he's, he's, uh, he's gotta be going stir crazy. So we're thinking about him. Yeah, definitely keep Aaron in our thoughts and prayers for sure. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, guys. I'm sure that most of you are going a little stir crazy right now, so it means a lot that you take an hour out of every week and spend it with us. Uh, stay safe out there, and we'll chat with you guys next week.